the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm taking a few days off. We're running some reruns, programs that you've heard before, perhaps, but we thought you would like to hear them again. I'll be back live on January the 2nd. Look forward to seeing you then live. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, December the 17th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. Today, on December 17, 1992, President George H.W. Bush, Canadian Prime Minister and the Mexican President, signed the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA. Separate ceremonies, but they all did it today, 1992. President Trump is not a fan of NAFTA, as you know. He said it's the worst piece of legislation or the worst deal he's ever seen in his life. And he is a deal maker in his real estate career. So the three countries have come together again. They've signed a replacement agreement. They signed it in 2018, last year. But it awaits approval. It's laying on Nancy Pelosi's desk because she and her House of Representatives have been busy trying to impeach the president. That will proceed this week, and I'll come back to that in a moment. We'll talk about it just for a second. Today in 1777... France recognized American independence. They said, yes, the first country in the world to recognize our independence from England. Today in 1903, Wilbur and Orville Wright, they were from Dayton, Ohio, they conducted the first successful manned-powered airplane, and they here's what they said. They said this is the first flight, after they had made the flight, of course, they said this is the first flight with a plane that is heavier than air. <laughs> I guess other people had been trying to go on kites and fly on kites and one thing or another. But anyway, this was the first of its kind. And of course, that, as we all know, I think, launched the air industry as we know it. Boeing came along and and uh, started building airplanes, as did other people in the United States. But anyway, that happened at Kitty Hawk today, 1903. They flew. It was the airplane the heavier-than-air airplane, was called the Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, Flyer. Today, in 1938, German scientists and chemists Otto Hahn and Fritz Strassmann, they discovered nuclear fusion by splitting the nuclei of uranium into lighter elements. I think I know what that means, but I would not have a clue what all is involved in that, but we know it worked. And today we have atomic power, and we have bombs. Today in 1944, the U.S. War Department announced it was ending its policy of excluding people of Japanese ancestry from the West Coast. Today in 1969, the U.S. Air Force closed its Project Blue Book. It concluded, the Air Force, that there was no evidence of extraterrestrial spaceships behind the thousands of UFO sightings that had been recorded. 
there's a whole bunch of people out there today that don't believe the book should have been closed. They think there's something going on out there. And today in 1969, an estimated 50 million TV viewers. Now, to put that in perspective, TV shows that are considered successful, I mean, with a small s, on network television have between three or four million to six or eight or nine million. Uh, well, like Sean Hannity on Fox, he averages around three to five million, depending on what he's talking about, I think, or what's going on in, in the world. And so on. he's the highest rated on the news channels. Um, some of the others, Hallmark, we've been talking about that. I have a mention of that today as well. But um, they they run between 3 million and 10 million, depending on what they're running on there and their movies and one thing. Or so that puts it in perspective, okay? 50 million people today in 1969 watched singer Tiny Tim. Now, for you children who are listening today, like your 40-year-old, you don't know who Tiny Tim is, but the rest of us do. Tiny Tim was weird, and he played this little mandolin or something. I mean, he was just a strange dude. Anyway, he just captured the attention of people back then, and Tiny Tim married his fiance, Miss Vicky, on NBC's Tonight Show. Fifty million people watched that because it was funny. There was no message there. There was no political, there was no screaming actor out there crying and telling people, you know, they're wrong in their political view. Comedy was funny. It was just funny. 50 million people tuned in. Today in 1975, Lynette Squeaky Fromm, she was sentenced in Sacramento, California to life in prison for her attempt on the life of President Gerald R. Ford. She was paroled in August of 2009. And today in 2007, Iran received its first nuclear fuel from Russia that paved the way for the startup of its reactors. And boy, it has a bunch of them there. And today, Pope Francis is 83 years old. Happy birthday to the Pope, especially you Catholics. You should send him a note or an e- uh, t- send him a text. Happy birthday. Final impeachment vote is nearing in our government. It is one of the very few times that an American president has been impeached. Impeached means a couple of different things. One, impeachment means that a body, an elected body, in this case the House of Representatives, has taken action. The president is not removed as a result of impeachment by the House. It puts an asterisk by his name in history or her name, there's never been a her as president, but I suppose if there was, it would be a her. But although you never, we won't go there. Anyway, it puts an asterisk by his name. He will only be removed if the Senate convicts him. That's how it works in America. So the House is probably going to impeach the president. They have the votes. This week, with just hours to go, the House Rules Committee is meeting as we speak right now on this Tuesday morning. 
They're having a marathon session to set the ground rules for this week's final impeachment vote. What bothers me, and I, I just almost don't want to watch it, is Chuck Schumer and some of these guys are on there this morning, and they're telling, they're telling Mitch McConnell in the Senate, and they're telling the House of Representatives what to do and how we want a fair trial and we want a fair. They've been, they've been crying and screaming at the microphones for the last months, and nothing about it was fair. They don't even have any charges against this president other than very subjective ones that can mean whatever they want it to mean. The whole idea of high crimes and misdemeanors and treason and all of this kind of stuff hasn't even been approached in this, and nobody believes it has, even the people that are carrying out the execution, so to speak, quote-unquote. It's the biggest sham, one of the biggest shams in American history. They hate this man, Donald Trump. They hate him because, apparently, because they disagree with him, but they probably hate him because of his personality. I mean, he is who he is. But what is missed in all of this, and purposely so, is that these people who America has elected are saying, we do not accept the will of the people of this country if they disagree with us. So therefore, we're going to take an election where they elected a guy to be president of the United States, and we're going to overturn that. That's what's really what's going on here. The founders of this nation, you know, <laughs> would roll over in their grave, as they say. But the founders of this nation would be shocked. They would say, we were afraid something like this could happen someday. And we have taken every step to prevent, to prevent it. But ultimately, ultimately, these decisions, the, the, the health of this nation, the future of this nation is in the hands of the people. That's why we framed our founding documents the way we did. That's why we based our founding principles on what we knew as eternal principles, biblical principles. Blackstone codified scripture that became law in the Western world, in England, and more importantly, in America. So here we are today. It's amazing. So they're pretending that they're carrying out justice in front of the world on television as I speak right now. And it's a sham. I am honest in my heart, and I thought about this. If, if this were the Republicans doing what the Democrats are doing, and they were doing it to Barack Obama or Bill Clinton, whom they did impeach, I would feel the same as I do now if they were carrying it out in the way these people are doing. Bill Clinton, I mean, <laughs> there were some things there that probably merited impeachment. It wasn't subjective. It wasn't sort of, you know, shaded. He told under oath, America and Congress, I did not have... <laughs> a relationship with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. Short time later, he said, I did have, I mean, he just lied under oath to America, pure and simple. There's nothing like that. Trump is not, you know, a moral leader. But there's nothing like that in this impeachment, nothing. He hasn't obstructed Congress except the people that want to make 
America into a socialist, democratic socialist nation like some, some of the European countries that are failing, by the way. He hasn't obstructed anything. I mean, there's no proof of it. I'm not defending him. I'm just sitting here like I, I don't believe what I'm seeing and saying. But it's happening. It's happening as we speak. So some of the people were saying, and I mentioned it on this program here a while back, that you know there could be a number of, of Democrats that would not vote for impeachment. But it's appearing. I don't know how they're going to vote. We'll find out this week. But it's appearing that they're probably going to line up with their party because they have had some private meetings. And I can tell you that Nancy Pelosi and her operatives have sat with these people that were elected Democrats that were elected in districts where Trump won in the 2016 election. And they probably pointed more than their finger in their face. They probably put a, a, a bludgeoning tool in their face and said, you better line up or else it's over for you. Because if the Republicans... The Republicans don't defeat you in the next election. We will, and we'll put a loyal Democrat in your play. I mean, it's been brutal. I've heard bits and pieces about some of the meetings that have been going on privately with these people. There's 31 House districts that Trump won in 2016 and um, that, that are Democrats. And so of that 31, if all of them, you know, did refuse to, to vote impeachment against Trump so that they could keep their job, hopefully, in their own district, that would be a real problem for the Democrats. But that's not going to happen. I, I wouldn't. I mean, there's two or three that have indicated that they might uh, do something. This Representative Max Rose, his district backed Trump. Um, he's a New York representative, backed Trump by 10 points in 2016. But his whole campaign was on bipartisanship. I'm the one Democrat that can work with the president you elected and blah, blah, blah. Well, he announced on Friday, just this past Friday, that he has really thought about it and given it considerable thought and I'm sure prayer, quote unquote, um, that he would support the impeachment of the president. Well, that was after Nancy Pelosi had, had given him the business, the talk. And that's what has happened in the whole um, 31 House district. So I'm pretty sure they're going to vote impeachment. We'll find out this week that will happen. But it's interesting. It's interesting how America is looking at this more clear-eyed than they think we are. I think elected officials get so insulated from the people that they are supposed to be representing and, and often don't that they kind of feel like they're in a different world playing under different rules different laws and they begin almost to act that out because they believe it I mean they tell themselves that and they're so insulated they really lose touch with America and as I said they at one time these people were called public servants it's hardly that now it's a very high paying highly compensated highly benefited career if one thing could be done in America, it could fix a lot of the problems, and that would be term limits on these career politicians. But it won't happen because ultimately it would have to pass the career politicians, and they won't pass it. doesn't matter who brings it up. The people can We can sign petitions with hundreds of millions of people's names on it, and they'll take it under consideration and blah, 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 but the end result will be it won't happen. <laughs> 
They like their jobs. They like their position. They like their elitism. Not all, but most. And they like the compensation. Rasmussen released a poll yesterday. In that poll, they found Rasmussen found that 52% of likely U.S. voters, not just people, but voters, say senior law enforcement officials broke the law in seeking to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president in 2016. 52% of America. There's a plurality of 43% say the officials should be jailed and nearly 25% were saying that in February. Now 43% are saying that. 22% say officials who acted illegally should at least be fired without compensation. Despite these results, only 34% of likely voters believe the law enforcement officials responsible will face any criminal charges for illegally targeting Trump because they hate him or they don't like him or they disagree with his political views or whatever. But of the voters that were surveyed, Rasmussen says 77% say they've been closely following the news about the Justice Department the Inspector General's investigation, the FBI, James Comey, and all this junk. And they get it. They know what's going on. If this is true, it is true that that's what Rasmussen found in his survey that was was uh, published on Monday. If it's true, if it holds true, the Democrats, the left, is going. they're going to have a an enormous collapse in the 2020 election. It will be beyond any expectation. It could be a quote-unquote landslide. We'll see. We'll see. When you think you've heard it all in the culture, I've been around a while. I'm over 40. You think you've seen it all from the homosexual activists. We talked about how they have now targeted Hallmark, and they've gone at them. Man, they're, they're all over it. And Hallmark is starting to cave. They're showing signs of caving in. When you think you've seen it all, though, you haven't. Monica Cole, who heads the One Million Moms, great organization, she said Hallmark is no longer safe for family viewing. She put this out yesterday. They've been big advocates of of, of Hallmark, and Christians have watched Hallmark just because they know they're not going to get led into something that's offensive to them. I and mean, why put yourself through that? You're not going to have this storyline that leads you to a couple of men kissing somewhere at an altar at least until now. Monica Cole said yesterday, she said most of their viewers are conservative, so they're going to push away a majority of their viewership by their actions, recent actions. If they do if they do this to appease a small percentage of viewers, she said it's really bad business. She said, and so we just want them to realize that they're offending the primary audience by doing what they're doing and ruining family movie time. She said Hallmark's decision to reinstate those commercials is a huge mistake. She said so many already feel betrayed because this is one of the very last channels that families could go to and not be bombarded with politically correct commercials and LGBT uh, agenda. And she's absolutely right. You could just relax and watch. I mean, some of them were kind of corny, the movies. They are, but some not so bad. But you didn't have to worry about all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of a gotcha moment with some kind of a, a gay scene that's promoting some, you know, anyway. Netflix now 
has come out and they're running their ads promoting their Christmas special. Netflix provides movies and TV to 130 million households every day worldwide. They've cast in their feature Christmas special. They've cast Jesus as gay. And the Virgin Mary is a pot smoker. They're calling it their Christmas special, and it's titled The First Temptation of Christ. And people all over the world will watch this, particularly across America. There's a Catholic bishop who's had enough, and boy, he really went off. And uh, I wanted to talk to you just for a moment about that today. Joseph Strickland, he's a bishop, he's from Texas. He's lined up with some people from Brazil and uh, other bishops around the, around the world. But he tweeted Sunday, this Bishop Strickland, he said, respect is the last thing these people are thinking about. Every Christian should denounce this film. It's blasphemy against the Son of God who suffered and died even for all who deny he is Lord of the universe. He said, my prayer for them is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Speaking of Netflix. Well, he's right. I don't know if they know what they're doing or not, but boy, they are sure doing the wrong thing. Later on, the bishop tweeted, he, he didn't get over this quickly. I like this guy. I haven't met him, but I like him. The bishop later tweeted, he said, just canceled Netflix. Hardly have time to watch it anyway, but blasphemers don't deserve a penny of support. That's true. Greg Allen, he's a has a Dear America podcast. It's very popular. A lot of people listen to him. He's he's jumped on board with this Bishop Strickland. He I don't know if Allen's a Catholic or not, but he's jumped on, jumped on board with them. And and some bishops in um, Brazil have got on board with this, and they've written a letter to Netflix. And and in the letter they say quote ridiculing the belief of a group, whatever it may be, in addition to constituting an offense under criminal law means disrespecting all people, damaging the quest for an effectively democratic society that values all of its citizens. And while recognizing that we live in a pluralistic society and that not everyone has the same beliefs, the bishops call for respect for people's beliefs. They said nothing allows anyone the right to vilify people's deeply held beliefs. And they've launched a petition. In just a few days, over a million people have already signed it, as of yesterday. Well, I completely support these guys. I'm not a Catholic, but I completely support these guys. I mean, I'm all in. I'm with them. They're doing the right thing. And I, I appreciate what they're doing. I applaud what they're doing. But it's, an, it's apparent that in an abundance of ways, the homosexual movement is not at all interested in other people's rights and tolerance and equity and fairness and respect toward anyone other than themselves. They're not. They're invading. And I realize I'm risking someone listening to me and saying, Gary Randall hates gays. I don't. God loves them and so do I. I do. I have a pastor's heart. I've been in the ministry my entire life. I don't hate them, but I hate what they do and I hate what they're trying to put on America. And so does God. And I hope you do as well. This isn't right. It isn't good. It isn't a part of God's plan for the human race. And God is very clear about this and murder and a few other things in the Bible that are abundantly clear that we seem to be celebrating now in this culture. These people are invading every institution in America. They're t attacking every traditional principle regarding marriage and human sexuality and human relations. They don't hesitate to blaspheme God because they don't even believe he exists. In most part, the other, some of the others are revising scripture. Pete Buttigieg and others. 
Blasphemy is not limited to Netflix, though. Homosexual arrogance has blasphemed God, even hijacked his rainbow. And I want to, I want to leave you with this. Let's talk about the rainbow. Everywhere you go, you go to Target, you go to wherever, and they've got rainbow displays, rainbow displays. They're not talking about Noah and the flood. They're talking about the gay agenda. I think most of you know that. The reason they have adopted the rainbow is because the rainbow is intimately associated with the divine presence and the authority of Almighty God. We know basically what the rainbow is about. We Christians, I hope we do. Genesis chapter 6 through 9, especially chapter 9, verse 8 through 17. God established that the rainbow is a symbol of reassurance that he will never again destroy the earth by flood. And I think many, most of us have learned that along the way. Ezekiel chapter twenty, uh, chapter 1, verse 28, it confirms the rainbow represents the presence of God. You can read these verses for yourself. Revelation chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, confirms the rainbow as a symbol of his authority. Revelation 10, 1 associates the rainbow with God's future judgment of the world, as described in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 21, and 2 Peter chapter 3, Verses 10, 11, 12, and 13. And the best experts on Hebrew, including the rabbis who wrote the Talmud in the second century, they agreed that the cause of Noah's flood, Genesis Rabbats 26, 5, 4 in the Talmud, was homosexual marriage. God's long-suffering mercy toward fallen men had reached its limit with the normalization of homosexuality in that culture, in human society. God told Moses that homosexuality was one of the prime causes of the vomiting out, is the actual Hebrew word, of the Canaanites from the Holy Land and would cause him to expel the Hebrews themselves if they embraced that behavior. I would just tell you to take a look at Leviticus 18, especially verses 22 through 30. Second Kings 21, 2 through 16 suggests that They did not obey God. They fell into that very behavior that God warned them. The assault on human sexuality, marriage and family, and every other part of our society by homosexual activists is concerning. It's no small thing. It isn't like we disagree with it. God is so overwhelmingly clear on this issue. He will not tolerate this. The level of assault on God's plan for the human race and God himself has risen to the level that seems to equate to these biblical times and the biblical truth that was given at that time. Jesus himself said this, and I'll leave you with this today. Just consider it in light of what's going on in our culture. Jesus said, Luke chapter 17, verses 26 through 30, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Jesus equated all of that with what we're seeing going on today. It is as it was in those days. Man, a fifth grader can understand that. I hope we do too. 
as Christians. Hey, we're, I'm out of time, and um, we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. Thanks for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. We need your support. We thank you for it, and thanks for being here. I'll see you right here tomorrow. We'll continue this conversation.